Good morning. The past 10 weeks, 8 to 10 weeks, uh, various groups had been gathering to talk about different topics in home groups. And uh, I spoke to Pastor Danny about this, and uh, he said, why don't you do a series on the book that we did in our home group, which was the Three Battlefields. The three, three battlegrounds, actually. And um, as I p- started to pre- prepare this on Friday, <clears throat> uh, the, the three areas that Francis Frangipan actually speaks about um, has to do with the battle, battle, battleground of the mind, the battleground in the church, and the battleground in heavenly places. And as I was preparing this, I believe the Holy Spirit said, the concentration of that is more to do with the problem and not to do with the solution. Now, I'm not uh, questioning the author at all, but I prepared something a little different today, and you've got some notes there about it. So what we're going to talk about today is uh, the battleground of the mind, and I fully understand that not all of you have read this book, so we'll, uh, we'll go through it slowly. Uh, the battleground, the strategy of battle, as well as the victory in battle. You know, I was quite amazed because over the eight-week period, I was able to condense this into about a, uh, an 80-minute sermon. So I should have you out here by about two or three. You know, I'm just kidding, Pastor Danny. So we'll have a look at that this morning and uh, talk about these different areas. I just want to open up in prayer. Father, we just ask you this morning for your grace over this meeting. We pray, Father, that uh, your Holy Spirit, Father, would bring about the very words that are needed to be spoken. Father, we pray more importantly, Father, for the ears to be opened and understanding to be given. Father, you said in Proverbs Get understanding. Above all, get understanding. So we ask for that today, Father, that the Holy Spirit will impact us today in our inner man, that we would be able to understand exactly the battlegrounds and the strongholds, Father, that sometimes encompass us and hold us. We pray for that this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, Let me just get some water there for a second, guys. You know, this book is not unique in discovering the, uh, or identifying some of the strongholds that Satan has over us, over you, myself, over the church in general, and more importantly, what we allow, either by our words, our actions, our lack of understanding, that Satan has the ability to bring about strongholds in our lives. And um, the, uh, the scripture is very clear about this particular uh, stronghold that, that Satan has. 
in, uh, I just want to start off in 2 Corinthians 11.3. What we have there, Paul speaks about this and he says, But I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning ways, your minds may, may, be, may be corrupted and led us away, away by the simplicity and the sincerity of, the, of your pure devotion to Christ. What, what we find is that Satan's attack upon us, and so very well described in this book, is so subtle that we, we have the tendency to allow ourselves to be influenced by very subtle ways of Satan. You may think that you are strong in an area, but Satan has the ability to bring about, the enemy has the ability to slowly entice you and move you into, into areas where you and I find ourselves developing strongholds of resistance, either against the word, against family, against friends, and it could be a situation where this becomes such a great stronghold in us that it has to be broken. It has to be broken. So this morning we're going to speak about some of those things. Um, <clears throat> strongholds are created in our lives by spiritual forces, devils, demons, that war within our body, our soul, and our spirit. Um, Paul identifies some of these strongholds in 2 Corinthians. And uh, if, you, if we read 2 Corinthians, this, is, this may be one of your favorite uh, scriptures. So listen to what Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians. This is the battle that we are fighting against. And you probably recognize the scripture very, very clearly. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh... As mortal men, we are not carrying out our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of war, of man, sorry. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, the crux of that particular uh, scripture is that we are instructed to take every thought captive to Christ. And uh, I'm the first to say here today that that's an extremely difficult process. I, I tend to overthink things to a certain degree. My wife will correct me if I'm wrong. And she usually says, Des, get that beast under control. <laughs> so I'm praying today that we have the ability to get this, these beasts under control. Our thought process. Um, destructive thoughts that come about. And... Uh, these are, these are areas that bring about, bring about a, a paralysis in you and myself, in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits. You know, if I, uh, the thought process 
If I had to say to you today, we are made up of thoughts, understanding imaginations. If I said to you today, steam train, you're not seeing S-T-E-A-M-T-R-A-N train in your mind. You're seeing a steam train. And if I said to you, crossing a plane with snow, steam coming from the pistons, smoke coming from the, from the chimney, you'd have this picture in your minds. You see, you know, you and I are not thinking from a verbular point of view, we're thinking from a, a, a picture point of view. So these are the thoughts that come into our minds, and Satan has the ability to bring about a corrupted thought into your and my minds. And it's so important that as we think about these things, we have the ability to fight against the strongholds that Satan is bringing about. Let me ask you this morning. What are some strongholds that you have in your mind this morning? Think about that for a minute. What are some strongholds that you have in your mind this morning that's possibly crippling you that's bringing about a paralysis to the point where you don't even feel that you are able to talk openly about certain things to a friend a family a mother a father a sister a brother a colleague at work it cripples us Satan has the ability to cripple us. And that becomes a stronghold that, uh, that Satan has. And we're going to look at, we're going to look at this morning how we, <clears throat> how we battle that. Uh, destructive thoughts that come about through, those, through this process uh, becomes an armor plate that Satan has and builds around the thought pattern that we develop. Demons and devils rely on this armor to hold us in a place where we do not have the ability to speak freely, clearly, openly, effectively. How many times have you been to a, in, a, in a conversation where you knew you should have said something to a friend, to a brother, to a son, to a daughter, to a colleague? And what you did is... You've just zipped it. You see, those are small little strongholds that you knew you had to speak something. If it was a word of encouragement, if it was a word of direction, but we didn't talk, that is some of the armor plate that I'm talking about in our thought process, in our minds, that Satan has had the ability over years to develop. You and I need to have the ability to see those things, understand those things. The enemy uses these strongholds to put us into a destructive area. And finally, into a place of defeat. We as believers have the ability to come out of any area of defeat. What are some, what are some examples that 
you and I may have <clears throat> as far as these strongholds that uh, Satan has put upon us. I want to ask you this morning, has the thought ever crossed your mind that I am a failure? I am a failure. I want to tell you today, repent of that lie. Repent of that lie. You are not a failure. In Christ, you and I are not failures. Get your mind renewed. Get your mind renewed. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those are things you've got to know the truth so that you can walk in truth. You have to know the truth so that you can walk in truth. The way that we effectively battle these strongholds is not because I'm tough or I'm macho or I, I'm, I, I have a great intellect or I'm well-educated or I come from a great line of heritage. Satan's not even concerned about that. Satan only fears Christ in you. Satan only fears Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's developing those things in you. The Holy Spirit is developing those things in you. So if we are going through these areas, I'm a failure, reject it. Right. Repent of that. Right. I'm you, I say to you today, repent of that in Jesus' name. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we get that out of our mouths? Do we even remember those things? Do we have that imprinted? Do we... Do we own those scriptures? Do we own those scriptures? Christ in you is not a failure. So you in Christ is also not a failure. Think about that. Christ in you is not a failure. So you in Christ is also not a failure. Walk in that truth. But church, you need to own it. You need to own it. What's another example? In the church, we often hear the words, and I've been in conversations with, with uh, folks where uh, the word comes out, but I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Now, I've, I fully understand that we were all once sinners, but I want to say today that though I was once a sinner, I am now a beloved son of God, and though I might still sin, the blood of Christ continually washes and cleanses me from all unrighteousness. <laughs> you know, isn't that, a, isn't that a great deal? Isn't that a great deal? What, is the, uh, what does the word say about that? Uh, uh, 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1, if we admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful, just, to his own nature and promises and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us continually. Continue from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoings, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. <laughs> you read those scriptures from the Amplified and it makes us think that we really do not have an excuse. We really don't have an excuse because all these scriptures have been done 
not for the angels, not for the patriarchs, not for the disciples. It's for you and I, right here. Own those scriptures. These are the ways, these are the scriptures that we will, that we will have in our mouths and in our understanding whereby we can come against the strongholds that Satan is developing or trying to develop in us. All unrighteousness cleansed. One of the strongholds that Satan is bringing about in our, uh, our country at the moment and throughout the world is the stronghold of fear. Churches, people, communities, cities, schools are in absolute intrepidation about the viruses. We're fearful about the viruses. The accuser of the brethren comes against the church, the people. We've heard the words of toxic masculinity. What it does, all it's doing is bringing you into a place where you need to bow the knee at something that you should be taking control over. That's all it is. The word woke. The word woke. You know where that, you know where that comes from? The word woke, the first time it was used, let me just give it to you here was actually in, uh, in Genesis 3, verse 5. This was the first woke folks. For God knows that on the day that you eat from, the, from it, your eyes will be opened and that you will have greater awareness. You'll be woke. And you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Woke, wokeness. I probably hear that once or twice a day. We're very woke. We are very aware. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the sharpest people out there because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Do not be intimidated by the woke crowd that puts you into a place of submission. Have you found yourself there? Intimidation. Revelations uh, 12, 10 tells us about uh, the, the accuser of the brethren. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom the dominion reign of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for you and I. And the accuser of our believing brothers and sisters has been thrown down at last. He accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them day and night. Hallelujah, we have an advocate. We have an advocate that stands next to the Father and says, Father... I've judged that man. I've judged that Des. I've judged that man. I've judged that woman. And I found him not guilty. Amen. That sin has fallen upon me. 
Do we know that? Do we own that? So that we can talk back to the enemy and say, no, no, you will not intimidate me. You will not bring me under the heel. But you've got to know it. You've got to believe it. Brother and sister, we need men and women with spines. We need men and women with spines, not some spaghetti cord in our backs. We need to stand. We need to talk. If we believe who we are, then speak who you are in Jesus' name. I release that upon you this morning. Maybe you've identified some of these uh, some of these areas that I spoke about. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. I'm so fearful. You know, there's probably many more that we can discuss. I do not want to, I do not, I do not want to concentrate on those things that bring us down. I want to speak this morning. How do we overcome those things? You see, one of the big things that I want to just say to you this morning is if you have any unforgiveness between a brother, a sister, a husband, a wife, a friend, a colleague. Get it done. Get it sorted out. Take care of it. When you leave the parking lot, phone, call, and say, I forgive you. Because what happens is, that thing becomes like, I've always used the analogy of unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and hoping the other guy dies. It doesn't work. I'm a sinner. I'm a failure. Unforgiveness. Those are things that you and I have within us. Take care of it. Take care of it. These are some of the strongholds that Satan has and develops over us. What is our strategy in our battle with Satan? So we've identified some of the strongholds. What type of strategy do you and I have to combat these areas that have come upon us, either through our thoughts, our understanding, our misunderstanding, by our own words, I want to say to you today, the strategy in, in battle is, is the knowledge of who you are in Christ. You have to walk in that truth of who I am in Christ. To the degree that you have a, a revelation of who the Father is and who you are as a son, to the same degree you will have the ability to speak that thing and say, this is who I am. But you've got to know it. You've got to own it. I want to say to you today, the revelation that comes from heaven is not a repetition that you can just chant a certain scripture. It's not. You may, you may think that you, you can get by by doing that. Revelation is a divine 
download from heaven into you. It moves from that proverbial logos to the rhema. I own it. That was meant for me. That was meant for you. Revelation of his word. Revelation is not just a repetition. Divine revelation is not a recitation. Many of you guys can still remember recitations from your, uh, from your high school or primary school or elementary school or reform school. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some of us just think that we can have a recitation of Scripture. Now, is it bad? No, but it's not what we need. We need to own those Scriptures. What has is, what is the Holy Spirit said to you today that you say, that has impacted me? He's speaking to me. I pray that by the end of the sermon, the Holy Spirit has said to you, He's speaking to you. So that you can talk and say, Father, you spoke to me today. You've helped me be an overcomer. Divine revelation is not just hoping for the best. (laughs) Well, we'll just get along. We'll just get along. You know, in the sweet by and by. I'm not interested in that. I'm dealing with it now and now. You see, there's a possibility that when I get out there, my truck is standing there and Satan's at the door and saying, I'll be waiting for you. But I want to tell you today, I'll say, in Jesus' name, you will not have any influence over me because Christ in me is the hope of glory. Get thee behind me, Satan. Can you say that? Of course we can. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak it. Speak it. You must know by revelation who you are. Let me tell you, church, we're not struggling to get into heaven. Rather, we were born there. We were born there. Sons of a spiritual rebirth. John 3.3 You are born again. You are a new creation. Jesus answered, I assure you that most solemnly I say to you, unless a person is born again from, the, from above the spiritually, transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. You have passed that test. Church, you've passed that test. We're not, we're not contemplating or thinking about that and saying, how do I do that? Christ has done it for you. Enjoy the ride. You've got to know by revelation that Christ is in you. You must be settled in the position of who you are. The revelation of a father, of a relationship of a son. We are connected to the El Shaddai. God Almighty. You know, maybe you've had a bad experience with your earthly father. I've met many men like it. When you speak about fatherhood or sonship, oh my goodness. Brothers and sisters, in by divine revelation, 
that changes everything. You are loved more than anything else. And you've got to own that. You've got to know that. And more importantly, you've got to speak it. The revelation of the word in you creates the man that you never thought you would ever be. The revelation of the word in you creates the man that you thought you'd never ever be. It's not by you doing, but by your doing or your great ability. Christ has done it for us. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. I love that. I love deals. <laughs> That's a done deal. It's like, what do I have to do? Nothing. Uh, what do I have to pay? Nothing. What do I have to think about? Nothing. Receive it. Walk in it. Walk in a church. You have it. Revelation. Revelation. What does uh, David say about, about that revelation? Who are we? Who are we? Psalm 110. Let me see if I can find it here. Psalm 110, verses 1 and 2. The Father, my Father, says to my Lord, the Messiah and His Son, and His sons, sit at my right hand and I will make your enemies a footstool for your feet, subjugating them into complete submission. Woo! <laughs> That's who you are. That's who you are. Walk in it by revelation. Walk in it by revelation. I want to say to you today, church, you are a positional man, not a circumstantial man. You're positional. You've been seated with Christ in heavenly places by revelation. It's not that we walk out there and we have a situation develop and circumstances hit me. Now they may, but I want to say to you today, answer that back and say, I am seated with him in heavenly places. But you've got to know it. You've got to have that revelation. You've got to have that understanding. Do you have it? Do you have it? We are positional men and women, not just circumstantial men and women. We have been raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians, Ephesians 2, and he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Jesus Christ. I love the Amplified. It's just like, it gives me no excuses. You know, often I, I read the Amplified and the Holy Spirit says, what didn't you understand about that? What didn't you understand about that? It's like, Father, I've got a clarity in my mind now because you're giving me revelation. You're giving me understanding. And I receive it. And when he says, Son, grabs me and says, Walk in it. Walk in it. 
You're a son. You're a daughter. Walk in it. To the degree that you have divine revelation of your position in Christ, to the same degree you will walk and exercise your, your, your strategy to overcome the battle and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. By revelation. That's who we are. Sons and daughters of the living God. You know, I think that sometimes most of us, the church suffers through an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. We don't know where we're at. We don't know what we need to do. We don't know when to speak. And when we do speak, we have a jam up of our vocabulary to such a point that we can't get it out. Open your mouth to your sister. Open your mouth to your brother. Let me just tell you today, be people of encouragement. Be people of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is a God word. In theos, in God. Be that man. Be that woman. Don't think you something that you cannot. Don't think you don't have something that you cannot give away. You have it. Speak it. Speak it. Lastly, what's our victory? In our battle plan. Remember that the alternative to victory is defeat. He cometh only but to murder, steal, and destroy. We need a great, a great battle plan victory. I want to say to you today that if you thought you can negotiate with the enemy, we'll come to a armistice we'll sit down and we'll discuss the conditions of where I'm at and where you're at and we'll come to an agreement forget it forget it he cometh only but to murder, steal and destroy if you think that your battle plan or your victory is going to be the surrender of Satan the only time he's going to surrender is in the millennial up to that point in time, you need to battle him here on earth. But we've been given all the tools. We've been given all the tools. Our victory is not a maintenance program. You know, you're not taking your car to the, to the store and just saying, well, you know, I just paid something every month and we'll just get along. Satan's not interested in that. Our victory plan is not a maintenance program. What is our victory? How do we establish our victory? By our mouths. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 Victory is our continuing battle as we march forward is established by the words of our testimony. Revelations 12, verse 11. And they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is a done deal. You got nothing to do with that. 
perfect. You're not adding to it. You're not taking away. You're not substituting anything. That's a done deal. But the area that you and I need to work in is because of the word of their testimony. What is the word of your testimony? Defeat? I'm a loser? I'm a sinner? No! You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. I cannot emphasize that enough. I received that years ago. And when I, I'd read it so often. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And one day it was like, wow, you're talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Call your glory factor. Call it. Where's your glory factor at the end result? Because Christ is in you, glory will be induced at that point in time. Call it up. Speak it into yourself. Speak it into your family. Speak that glory into you. I say again to you, God our Father is creating in you the man and woman that you never ever thought you would ever be. And you probably would never be able to do that because we reach a plateau of intellect, of understanding, of education, of ability, natural ability. And I know that many of us here this morning have got a lot of natural ability. But it times out. It times out. We then have to move to say, Father, I need your ability within me to battle who is coming against us. And as I said to you, it's not going to be by your ability. It is not by might. It is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, the surrender that we need to have is to the Holy Spirit within us. So that we are strengthened in every single battle and every area so that the strongholds that are being formed within us are not being battled by myself. It's being battled by the Holy Spirit within you. And we have that. We have that. Let me just say to you today that uh, what I call the, the coup de grace the coup de grace is the uh, one minute brother <laughs> the coup de grace is the final act when you see that scene in a movie and the guy takes out his sword and the guy is on the ground and it's been a bloody fight it's been a terrible fight and the sword is raised or put into the heart of the vanquished Whenever I've read over the years, I've always written over a certain scripture that's meant for me, the coup de grace. That coup de grace is Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. This is made for you. I want you to take the scripture this morning and put it before any stronghold that you have, any misunderstanding that you have perceived, any area of your life that you have not been able to overcome. 
read the scripture, own the scripture, speak the scripture. Because this is meant for the victory plan. This is the total victory plan. This is the covenant that I will make with, with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint on I will imprint my laws on their heart and on their mind, and I will inscribe them, producing an inward change. Then he says, And their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. Now, where there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone. Brother and sister, that's the coup de grace. <laughs> Own it. You want to put that over your put that over your mirror. You want to put that on your rear view mirror, on your front mirror, on your windshield. Take that. It's meant for you. I want to say to you today that. I'm not asking you if you're an overcomer. I'm saying to you today, I declare today that you are an overcomer in Jesus' name. The declaration has been released. You shall declare a thing and it shall be established for you. Will you do that? Will you do that? Will you receive it? Father, I just pray this morning that uh, the words that have been spoken, Father, that... Uh, your Holy Spirit will be the after teacher for us this morning. And uh, you will give us such understanding of who we are in Christ. That, Father, the attempts, the distractions, the incursions of the enemy upon our lives in every way, Father, will be brought about to naught, to zero. And that, Father, we will walk in the strength and understanding of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen and amen. Thank you, church.